Welcome to the Alad Pod, an online town hall program designed to bring our government back to you. I'm your host, Alad Gross. I'm a civil rights attorney and educator right here in Missouri. I love our state and our country, so let's talk about ways to make them even better. On this episode, we are joined by Jenny Miller from the Missouri Housing Development Commission. We talk specifically about the Missouri Statewide SAFER program, that's S-A-F-H-R, which is providing emergency rental assistance to both landlords and tenants at mohousingresources.com. Good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Welcome to the Allowed Pod. Very excited to have you and to talk about all of the uh, wonderful resources that are out there. So if you could, could you introduce yourself, let folks know what you do, what is MHDC, all of these acronyms and everything else we're going to be talking about, uh, if you could give us all a crash course and what's going on in Missouri. Absolutely. And I will definitely help with the acronyms. So <laughs> MHDC stands for Missouri Housing Development Commission. So again, my name is Jenny Miller. I'm with Missouri Housing Development Commission. I'm the manager of HUD programs. Um, our agency is responsible for the development um, through construction and rehabilitation of affordable housing using state and federal resources uh, throughout Missouri, in addition to our community initiatives department, who's responsible for administering state and federal homeless assistance grants. Um, so in a nutshell, that is what we do. Um, we're known as the, you know, the state housing finance agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what, uh, I mean, the, the, it's, I guess it's changed a little because this isn't a program the, for rental and utility assistance, and especially at this scale. It's not something that uh, has normally, because you know, there are some folks who uh, certainly might be applying for uh, you know, another time in their life for help with utilities or, or, or rent, and usually that goes through some kind of like a local nonprofit or maybe a county. So it might be a little bit different. Um, why, why is stuff going through MHDC, which is the statewide organization? Yeah, that's a really good point. So generally, uh, we take our state and federal resources and we do um, grant them out through an application process to nonprofits throughout Missouri. And that's kind of what, um, you know, we're known for and and having those relationships with the nonprofits. Um, however, through COVID-19 and the federal stimulus funds that have come down, um, we had to sort of uh, change our approach a little bit in order to get... Um, as much money out there as quickly as possible to assist people. And so um, we've taken on sort of directly administering the emergency rental assistance funds um, so that we can quickly do that. Um, You know, there are also a lot of nonprofits that are just at capacity right now with everything going on. And so um, we were able to sort of step up to, um, you know, build something that could be used statewide. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is, it's the, this, I guess, surge of federal funds. It's going to a lot of different states, but we've got, you know, quite a bit here. Um, and it's designed for really housing stability, making sure that folks are staying in their homes, especially right now. Um, and, you know, as I've talked about before here and many other places, uh, you know, it's, it's a big 
strain on tenants and landlords right now uh, because a lot of folks lost jobs, lost income, had to watch kids at home, uh, small businesses had issues too. There's all, you know, a whole big shock to the economy as a result of the pandemic. Um, and that, you know, these resources are, are now here. Um, so I guess, I guess do, we've got some slides we can talk through today about how the program yes. works and everything, don't we? We do. Yes. All right. Yes, can I go we to do. Those? Is that a good idea? Yes, I'd be happy to get right to those. Right. Um, I think this is a really historic and exciting opportunity to be able to make people whole again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of the first way we start to heal is when we can make people whole in um, in these, uh, you know, with their housing and utility bills um, to create some housing stability. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I brought some slides. I'd love to go through them. Yeah, let's do it. So we've got we've got the slides up, um, okay. and uh, yeah, I mean whatever. I mean, I, so this is for those who who are, who are maybe a little bit less familiar with it, um, because what you just said is is so important. Um, this is, I mean, there are a lot. Like, if you right now are watching this and you are feeling stressed out and you're just sitting there, it's like, oh my goodness, like I owe all of this money and I'm never going to get out of this hole and I'm just going to ignore what's happening right now. Uh, don't like we, there is help out there for you. Uh, I know it can be really stressful to open the mail or open the email or the text message from a landlord or, you know, wherever else it's coming from. Uh, but it's, this is so helpful. And I've literally, we, Jenny and I were just talking before we started, uh, have helped folks through this application itself. And it's one that, um, you know, can really get you out of the hole here. So um, again, very excited to have Jenny on here to talk about the program. But if you're watching right now, uh, at the bottom of the page, you'll see a website. It's mohousingresources.com. You can even go there while we're talking and ask questions as you're doing it. Uh, but that's the website for you. Definitely go there. And uh, yeah, Jenny, let us know. Let us know about the program. Great. So I wanted to sort of go back to the beginning a little bit, just so people understand where um, this funding has come from, because um, people are hearing about different pots of money all over the place and mm -hmm. there's different rules and regulations. And so I kind of want to um, help people understand that. So the COVID-19 economic relief bill was signed December 27, 2020, also known as the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. So that's the bill that included $25 billion in emergency rental assistance or the ERA program. So each state was allocated a certain amount of that uh, fund and the state of Missouri was allocated $408 million. So the regulations on this program say that 90% of those funds have to go to financial assistance. So that's your rent utility assistance. And then 10% can be for housing stability services and administration. So the funds must be obligated by uh, September 30. It is run by the U.S. Department of the Treasury. Um, however, the most recently passed American Rescue Plan does extend uh, the funding through September 30, 2022, but it's just still unclear um, through the Department of the Treasury whether or not that obligation deadline is going to change. So Treasury wants to see all of um, a lot of our funds obligated by September 30th. So states and cities and counties with populations over 200,000 were eligible for an allocation of ERA funding. So for the state of Missouri, what that meant is that uh, Clay County, Greene County, Jackson 
Jackson County, Jefferson County, and St. Louis County. Kansas City and St. Louis all received their own allocation of these ERA funds in addition to the state. So for the state, um, again, Missouri Housing Development Commission is administering the ERA program, but there are ERA funds in these other communities as well. So um, as we referred to before, if you go to mohousingresources.com, you can find links to the state program as well as these other programs that are available. So I'm going to talk about the state allocation today because I'm with MHDC and that's what we are responsible for. Um, so these funds were appropriated um, by the state legislature in House Bill 16 on February 11th. So um, some people also refer to them as, um, you know, they'll ask questions about hey, what's that House Bill 16 fund? And so again, tying it all together, um, Treasury calls it Emergency Rental Assistance or ERA. We got the funds appropriated through House Bill 16 and MHDC is administering it through the SAFER program. So that's State Assistance for Housing Relief Program. So the state of Missouri is allocating approximately $320 million in emergency rental assistance. And we have a couple of ways that we're doing that. So we have a renter application portal that opened on February 15th. And then we have a landlord application portal, which opened on April 1st. We also have housing stability services coming online. And so you'll be able to, um, you know, for folks that might need to sit down with somebody, do some planning um, and how to achieve housing stability beyond uh, rent or utility payment, um, we'll have a list of agencies that people can connect with as well. So again, I think the big, um, the big, item on this slide is that on April 1, all of the SAFER programs opened to the entire state. So previously to April 1, um, we the SAFER program was not open in areas that received their own allocation. Mm -hmm. uh, we needed some time to work together with those communities to make sure we weren't having any duplication of benefits. And now that we have that in place, we are able to serve the entire state. So safer program eligibility, this comes straight from the Department of the Treasury. So all ERA programs are going to be subject to um, these three main eligibility criteria. So the household has to have an income at or below 80% of the area median income, which is based on the county you live in and the size of your household. And so if you go to mohousingresources.com on our website, you'll be able to see a chart where you can look up your household. Um, you find your county, find your household size, and then it will tell you um, the maximum amount, which would be 80% of the area median income. And as long as your income is below that, you would be eligible. One or more individual in the household receives unemployment or attests to financial hardship due directly or indirectly to the COVID-19 pandemic and one or more individual in the household demonstrates a risk of homelessness or housing instability. And so this is a screenshot from our website. So when you go um, and you're interested, you can look at what is safer, am I eligible, and how do I apply? So you can get lots and lots of details there, um, you know, kind of explaining those three main criteria. 
So what can SAFER pay for? So SAFER offers financial assistance for the period beginning April 1, 2020. So financial assistance includes up to 12 months of rental arrears, up to 12 months of utility assistance per eligible service. So utilities include electric, gas, water, sewer, wastewater, and trash. And then we also have other fuel costs such as wood or propane. When I say um, 12 months, a month can include multiple services. So a month could include rent and multiple utility services. So it's um, like so so when you say twelve, it's not like uh, twelve months total. Uh, you know, four months for utilities, four months for rent. If I was behind on utilities and rent for the whole twelve month period, that would be covered too. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that clarification. Yes. And then up to three months of forward rent assistance. So again, the total assistance at a household applies for cannot exceed 12 months. So if you applied for nine months of rental arrears, nine months of electric, nine months of gas, and three months of forward rent, that would be eligible. Um, again, you can apply for only rent, only utilities, or both. And payments are made directly to the landlord and utility companies. So this is what you'll see when you go to mohousingresources.com. You'll see a box where you'll want to go if you're a renter interested in applying and a box if you're a landlord that's interested in applying. The online renter application portal, you can apply for rent and utility assistance up to 12 months, and you must do that in collaboration with your landlord. So you will fill out your application, provide your landlord's contact information so that they can provide their payment information. And then with the online landlord application portal, you can landlords can apply for rental assistance. So landlords aren't applying for utility assistance, they're just applying for rental assistance. But that also has to be done in collaboration with the tenant. Um, and that is in the Department of the Treasury regulations that a uh, tenant must sign off on that application and be part of the process. So when you're ready to apply, we recommend that uh, you review the website materials and confirm that you're eligible. You then will want to create an application account and begin the application. Um, you'll certify that the household meets the program criteria and eligibility checklist. We don't want you to go too far if um, you know you know you don't meet one of those items. Um, then, when you complete your tenant portion of the application, it'll ask you for general information on the household income, the amount of assistance you're requesting, and your landlord's information. And then it'll ask you to upload some required documents. So those include a photo ID. Um, income documentation, if you have income, your past due notices for rent and utilities, and then a copy of your lease. Um, that is another piece of the federal regulations. You have to be obligated to pay rent on a residential property. And so we do need a copy of the lease. Once that happens, you'll enter your landlord's contact and payment information. It will notify them to submit that then you'll be notified that they have completed their portion and then you can submit. 
And so once the application is submitted, um, if there's a problem or a correction is needed, we will notify you. There, um, we won't just throw out the application. Um, you'll be notified that a correction needs to be made and you'll have 10 days to make that correction and resubmit the application. So those are sort of the bones of the program. Um, and with that, I've got our website. You can email mo.safer at mhdc.com with any questions. And you can also call this uh, phone number for any assistance or questions about the application. Great. Yeah, that's wonderful. And for those who might be listening afterwards, too, uh, the phone number is 888-471-1029. This is so okay. So I've, I've actually been in this online system to apply. Uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier, too. And it is uh, it's pretty intuitive. Like it walks you through the process, right? There's like different sections and you have to complete them and they let you know, hey, buddy, you didn't finish the whole thing. And here's like a red mark and you got to go back. Um, so it, it is pretty, uh, it is, I mean, it, it helps you through the process. Um, and it, it, I guess it, it kind of tries to prevent you from making mistakes. But if there was a mistake, um, how, how should somebody expect for you all to reach out to them if they do need to make a correction to the application? Sure. So if there is something that needs to be clarified or corrected in the application, they'll receive a notification from the email address that they entered when they uh, created their profile. And the email will outline, um, it'll provide instructions for how to make the correction, how to resubmit. Um, and then, of course, they can call. There's also a phone number they can call if they're just not sure or they're having trouble finding what that correction was. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And uh, the hotline has been very helpful, too, for folks. So um, one question I did. I did have uh, one. Uh, so for for pieces of, you know, I try to get when folks are applying, I try to tell them, hey, get all this stuff together and then, you know, go over there. But you can also go to the website. You don't have to remember anything. You can check and it tells you, hey, here's all, all that you need. So um, a photo ID, um, some kind of income documentation. Now, if you don't have uh, an income right now, um, is, there, is there something that substitutes for that to prove that, hey, I'm below the 80% um, AMI, that this is where my income level is? Yes, I will say that income qualification is a very um, tricky thing. Even people who are program administrators go to, you know, day long trainings on calculating income. So we understand that there can be questions when it comes to income. So I think that the most important things to remember are first, um, the application will kind of walk you through four scenarios. So one, do you have zero income? If you have zero income for the entire household, you will sign and attest to that and you will move on. If you do have income, um, it'll go to the next question and it will say, do you qualify for one of these other federally means tested programs such as Medicaid? If you do, then they've already determined your income. So you can upload your enrollment letter from that program and then you can move on. If you don't participate in one of those programs and you don't have zero income, it'll ask you for your income for the last 30 days. So to annualize your income from the last 30 days, you would take that income and multiply it by whatever your pay frequency was. 
And then um, if you're under 80% AMI, you're good. However, um, Treasury built in something else here. So if you are over income for the last 30 days, because you've recently become employed, but for most of 2020, you had zero income, you can qualify ba based on your FY 2020 annual income. And so for that, you would upload your 1040, your tax statement. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, we did have a question here, and it came from uh, Jay. So I'll put this on the broadcast because I'm sure other people had this, and we've had some issues with uh, unemployment in general Missouri. But he's asking, is there anything to help someone uh, making just over the 80% income level for their county? Uh, I'm on unemployment, which is over the 80%. So I guess it kind of depends on their situation. Is that right? Just like depending on what, how, which calculation they could use to get them within that threshold. Yeah, it does. And you just, um, yeah, I, I would recommend um, emailing the mo.safer at mhdc.com to just um, check into it because it's very possible that for your FY2020 income, you qualify even if you don't for your last 30 days. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely check it out, Jay, and anybody else who's having um, that issue. Um, in the email, I mean, you all get back pretty quick to folks, too, which is really great. Um, oh, that's the question everybody's wondering, right? Okay, so I apply for all this stuff, and I've done all this work, and I get through it, uh, and my landlord's done it, too. Um, how long does it usually take for payment to come in and, and for, hopefully, uh, you know, my back rent to be taken care of? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I will say if people have a cure or multiple cures, um, it will take longer because of the time that then they have to fill out and then the, it goes back for review. But um, once you get to that final and complete, no more corrections, you hit the submit button, we anticipate it to be reviewed within two to three days and then payment to be made within 10 to 14 days after that. Um, that's the best case scenario. Um, so we ask people, you know, if you've submitted and it's been, you know, two to three weeks, that's when you should go ahead and follow up. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, for, uh, which is, I mean, that's great. So, so from, all right. So, so, you know, we've got two, I guess, two kind of perspectives here. We've got one, uh, I'm the tenant who's applying, uh, and then two, I'm the landlord who's applying. Um, and so when I'm the tenant, you know, I get through, um, you know, these documents, I'm upload, I get everything together, I'm, I'm uploading them uh, to the to the system. Uh, one question is for the uploads that I'm making into the system, you know, a lot of folks, they might not have a scanner at home, but we all have these phones, right? So, uh, so many folks have this, or you go to your library and you can get something scanned in. A lot of libraries are opening up now to... Um, but let's say, you know, I've got my phone uh, and I can take a picture of something and then get that onto a computer to upload it. Th would that work for folks? Yes. Um, and we we expect that and we're good with that. Um, even if somebody needs to take a picture of, um, you know, let's say they have an account for their utilities or their rent and they take a picture of it on their computer screen and then upload it, that's fine. So yes, if you just take a picture and upload it, um, that is acceptable. Yeah. So screenshots, pictures, those are okay. You can get those uploaded yeah. and then you just mm -hmm. press that button there. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm the tenant 
and I have completed the application. And then it comes up and it says, okay, now you're, it's, it's time for your landlord to do something, right? And it, you can't do it anymore. The landlord has to get it over there. So uh, you need your some kind of an email, right, for your landlord so it can send it over there. Um, and, and then it goes to the landlord. What then happens uh, for the <clears throat> landlord? What does the landlord then see? So at that point, the landlord would see an email that says X tenant has applied for rental assistance through the SAFER program. Um, you know, if we're asking for you to verify this information and then provide your payment information um, and you can go in by clicking this link here. And so once they've done that, um, it's called a recommender task uh, is the technical term that they'll okay. see that they, they're asked to be a recommender on the application. And then once they've provided their information, the tenant gets a notification saying um, this information has been complete and they can go in and hit submit. Gotcha. Okay, so that that will be the recommender task. And I think there's even language on there that's like, hey, this isn't like an actual recommendation. We're just calling it this. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Some things in, in software you can't change right. when it's already built in there. <laughs> right. So don't worry. Don't have a panic attack. Uh, you know, hopefully you all are treating each other nicely. And if you're not, hey, you know, we'll talk about that at the end too. There's programs out there for you too. Uh, but you'll, you'll, as when you're the landlord and you see this, hey, recommendation, this person's applying, uh, that is your cue to then go in there, uh, upload some of your documents. And, and those specifically, that's the, what, what, what is it that the landlord has to upload? Um, the only thing the landlord has to upload is their W-9 right. and then, um, you know, uh, some kind of voided, um, payment information or letter from their bank, just so we can verify where we're making that payment to. Gotcha. Okay. So like avoided check would work for that for mm -hmm. a landlord. Yeah. They'll have the option to select ACH or check. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's not too bad for the landlord and then it gets sent over. Uh, and now it comes back to the tenant. So the tenant gets another email saying, Hey, Landlord just did what they got to do. Now the tenant has to go back into the system and then review everything and submit at that point, right? Yes. And then um, there are multiple automatic notifications throughout the process. So each time something happens, you'll get an email saying, you know, this has been submitted. This has happened. Um, and when the application is approved, so when it's on the back end, when it's moving stages, um, the applicant and the landlord will get notifications of that. Great. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay, so that's, that's I'm the tenant and I'm applying. What does it look like if I'm the landlord and applying? How does it, does it look any different at all from, from the landlord's perspective? <laughs> So the landlord is going to have to provide some information on the tenant household. So we do recommend that they um, take a look or print off the um, application tenant application worksheet that's available on our website so that they have that information before they go in and start, um, you know, uploading everything and submitting mm -hmm. everything. It doesn't look very different. It's pretty much the same process, um, but the landlord will enter those things. Um, and then, um, they'll have to have that signature of the tenant, like I said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's no different information being asked. It's just kind of 
how the questions are being asked and who's responsible for answering them. Gotcha. Okay. Is there, I mean, I mean, is it any easier? So, so landlord goes through, I mean, they got to provide the same kind of documentation, W-9, obviously the money's coming to them. So we need some kind of avoided payment or anything, but if it's coming from the landlord versus coming from the tenant, you know, when, when the tenant's initiating this, there's like, you know, all these questions they got to answer. And here's the, the periods during which, um, you know, I want rental assistance. Is that like, is that stuff shifted to the landlord in this situation where it's like, Hey, here's the period where I want rental assistance because, uh, you know, I've had this tenant here and I'm the one who's doing that. Or is it still the same? Is it still on the tenant? Yes. It's still very similar because we still have to be able to verify that no one is, um, requesting more than 12 months. So the Mm -hmm. landlord will still outline those missed rent payments or, um, you know, what they're requesting for forward rent and what months those cover, um, so, but it does look very similar to the tenant application. Um, we we found in a previous program that we were running um, that landlords were participating in called ERAP, um, mm-hmm. which was CARES funds. Um, you know, we noticed that landlords with lots and lots of tenants got really good at sort of um, understanding what they needed to collect from their tenants and then being able to submit, you know, multiple a day because they, you know, had the time and um, staff to do that. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, so, so landlord applies, uh, either way. I mean, you're kind of getting the same information from the landlord or the tenant. Um, and then that, that funding goes through, uh, there are some folks now I know. So I'm, you know, I primarily work, work with folks in the St. Louis County area, St. Louis city. Um, but there are some folks who have applied for funding maybe before because there was an earlier program that was up. Maybe they applied to a nonprofit uh, that had been administering the funds before. Maybe they applied to their local county before, you know, this program had come up, the safer one, um, you know, however however folks administered it. If, um, I mean, you, you all now, one of the reasons why, like, there was a little bit of a delay in this one starting for everybody in the state, that there were a few counties that are out, was because you were trying to avoid folks applying twice, right? Getting getting paid twice for the same amount. Um, so if yeah. I've applied somewhere else, but I haven't heard anything, right, for maybe even months mm-hmm. now because the, the program's been yeah. shut down for a bit, can I still apply to this even though I, I haven't heard back or I was in the process of, a, of another application? Yeah, and that's sort of um, what took us a little while to all kind of get on um, to collaborate with was um, we now have sort of a back end system in place where we can um, look up to see if a payment on behalf of that household has been processed. And as long as it hasn't, we can move forward with that payment. And so um, two two things I would say that um you can you are welcome to go ahead and submit a safer application if you have submitted something and you've been waiting a long time um second if you've received funding for previous months through um a different type of nonprofit or different service or our previous ERAP program as long as you're applying through safer for different months not the same months from before you can apply to safer even if you receive funding from an earlier program oh okay yeah if if does that does the earlier program funding is that included in the maximum 12 month period or is that separate That is separate because they're different Mm -hmm. programs. Um, And so let's say that you applied for six months of rental assistance through our previous ERAP 
program, which was CARES funds, um, that six months max was on the CARES funds. So now you are still eligible for up to 12 months of safer assistance. Gotcha. Um, as long as the months that you're requesting, you know, don't overlap. Right, right. I guess that's, that's since we're, what, a a year into pandemic time, so that probably is going to be more for folks who are applying for forward rent if they're applying right now, because that would get you over the 12-month yeah. total period. Yeah, or yeah. it's possible that, you know, with with our previous program, you were only eligible for up to six months. So it's mm -hmm. possible that now that we're into April, that you, you do have a couple of more months that we're hanging out there and you do need some forward rent. So this right. would be a great option for you. Right. Okay. Uh, we've got a couple questions here from Linda. Okay. Oh, this is... <laughs> This is a good one. All right. All right, here we go. Let me get this on the screen. All right, so Linda asks, is the criteria the same for each individual county participating? For example, how would one know whether to apply at St. Louis County or safer? So currently, right, there's, so there were there were these seven counties where I guess a couple of them were cities, St. Louis City, Kansas yeah. City, uh, air, jurisdictions that could not um, at the time, Safer had not uh, opened for them, but it was open for, for other parts of the state. Now, in some of those areas, St. Louis County being one that, that Linda and I both know about, uh, but St. Louis County uh, has their own program. And um, uh, we'll get some information for folks on, on that one, too, in case they'd like to apply for it. But uh, that's a great question. Like, which one do we apply for? If I'm like looking <laughs> and I haven't applied anywhere yet, uh, uh, yeah. should I pick one versus the other? Yeah, yeah, that can be confusing, but I think it's a good problem that we have multiple <laughs> right. resources for people. Um, and so what I would say is that the, you know, the three tent pools that I talked about of eligibility, the income, COVID tieback, and the housing instability, those are going to be the same for all programs across the board. That is in federal regulations. Other local programs have the ability to impose additional requirements, but they can't go um, they can't go less than what the U.S. Department of the Treasury says. So, as far as all programs uh, eligibility, all of them are going to have pretty much you know a very similar um, a very similar application process. Now, what I would suggest um, you know some some counties and cities that receive their allocation, you know, maybe they don't have a public facing application yet and safer would be a great option for you. Maybe um, you need more assistance than going online to complete this application. It might make sense to go to your local organizations. Many of the cities and counties are distributing their funds to local nonprofits, and that might be a better avenue for you if you really need to connect and receive additional services. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially for folks, um, you know, and some like there might be different capabilities depending on uh, which one you're applying to, um, you know, and, and, and for some of them, there might be local folks that you're working with who are more familiar with that application, too. But at the end of the day, um, you can really apply to either one and you'll you'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And we are all working together. That's what um, it's a really great thing. You know, we uh, meet with all the localities uh, every other week. So um, we're in constant contact. Um, you know, we will we will be checking on our back ends to make sure that that we're doing our due diligence to um, prevent any, you know, crossover duplication. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, and Linda did have a second one. By the way, uh, for those of you who don't know Linda, Linda's been doing great work on a lot of these issues and has helped a lot of folks who are facing eviction uh, with mediations and other things too and uh, has been doing housing counseling. That's just, she's just wonderful. So I'm very happy to take all the questions that she has. Uh, but one of them uh, that she also had was about uh, the delinquency being verified. So if somebody is behind on rent, uh, the way that that is being verified is one, you're, you're going to the landlord, right, to, to check on that. Uh, two, and then folks are also providing, you know, some kind of documentation of that, whether that's like a ledger, which is usually the easiest thing that folks find, or some other kind of documentation around that. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, Yes. So the Department of the Treasury does require that we verify that, um, you know, X amount of months are being paid for. So if you have um, six months of arrears, we need to be able to see that um, with a lease. Now, um, we do know that um, there are situations where people's leases look different. Um, so we have established some minimum lease requirements um, and those are on our website. So if you don't have um, a standard lease or if someone follows up with you, um, there'll be, there might be just a couple of questions that you'll have to verify um, if your lease doesn't have it in there already. Mm -hmm. But yes, we do verify by the rent uh, ledger uh, and then, you know, with the landlord as well. Gotcha. Now, if somebody, you know, this is, it's been an issue with court too, because a lot of the court went to um, online Zoom or, uh, you know, WebEx or whatever folks are using for that. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been difficult for some folks who don't have access to the internet. Um, you know, maybe they have, they might have a phone and it's kind of on and off or anything else. Um, currently, is there a way when, when they apply for the SAFER program, is there currently a way to do that without uh, getting on the internet, signing on at some point, doing that application? Yeah, so um, this is in our next phase, but people can call um, that helpline number 888-471-1029, and we will have um, a paper application available um, of course, when whenever you're looking at um, a mail situation, it will cause you know some delays in in the processing of that. But we will have um, a way to get that to folks that might not have access to internet or um, you know the ability to complete that online application. And also, we'll have our service agencies coming online, and those agencies will also be posted at the website. And that's currently the phase that we're in now is making that available to people. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that is great. Um, right. I mean, using the mail is going to make it a little bit slower, but you know, and, and there's a lot of groups out there that are willing to help you through, um, you know, the application program and everything else. So calling that number is very helpful. Um, and then yeah. I can put up a link to, um, you know, some, some local folks, at least yeah. in the St. Louis area who can help with that too. And I would, I would just add that we've got, um, you know, we've got a request for proposals out there that'll be open on a rolling basis as um, for, you know, service providers that are doing case management and legal prevent, uh, eviction prevention services. Um, our goal is to have statewide coverage so that in any county you're in, you would have an agency you could 
connect with directly and we're we're getting there we're getting really close and so um like i said once those agencies are in contract and they'll be on our website and people can make direct contact with mm. them if they need extra assistance yeah oh that's that is great more help the better so oh, that's good <laughs> um okay so i've got this up on on the uh the page right now uh the phone number the email everything else for you all the contact um and uh, the, the documentation, and it walks you through everything else, too. So um, very helpful. Uh, programmatically, are we forgetting anything? Are you getting, like, some questions that are coming up pretty commonly for you that maybe we haven't discussed yet that folks are seeing, oh, you know, when they're using the application, they're trying to get through it? Um, are, are there any kind of common questions that you're getting that we haven't talked about already? Um. I think that we've hit the big ones. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, and understandably people will, you know, want to just jump on there and just hit apply and just start getting through it. Um, and, you know, we do get a lot of questions, um, you know, with getting people through. And that's why I do recommend, you know, looking at the eligibility, looking at, you know, what to expect when you apply. Um, you know, it's not always fun to to read that stuff. And I know that it's so um, information heavy because it is a federal program, but the more prepared you are, the more ease you're going to have when you um, get through it. Um, and so please, you know, if you do need help, um, you know, email, call. Um, our goal is to get everybody who is eligible for this program through this program. Yeah, that's great. There is one thing I, t I t almost totally forgot. So when you, I've got it even right here, it's right in front of me and it's circled and I had an underline. I just circled it again for some reason. Uh, so if you are applying, right, you use a computer and uh, it is it is definitely for like it's easy. You can see the stuff. You just want to be aware that when you are applying, you know sometimes the button is like on your right side. It's not like just right in front of you. Like you just got to look. Like it, it's there and it says it and it's you know very clear. But you just have to make sure to look at the screen and make sure where it is. If you're on your phone, you might have a few more difficulties, but it is possible to do. Uh, but you you just there's like some stuff where you have to kind of back out before you go forward. So you might have. The best, if you can, the best experience, mm -hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, is you have a computer and then you can also have the phone there to help you take pictures. But if you only have the phone, you can still get through it. It just might take a little bit longer to do. Yeah, we've had a lot of problems with phones. So I do recommend some sort of um, some sort of laptop computer um, and using Google Chrome or um Pretty much any browser besides Internet Explorer, we've heard um, is, Internet Explorer is not cooperating. Uh -huh. So um, I would make sure that you're not using Internet Explorer as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know, we're didn't come for me. We're not sponsored by Google or anything. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, yeah. No, but uh, using um, I think I think I used Chrome when I was helping. Uh, somebody out with it. So that one worked just fine. Um, okay, so we do have uh, another question here. Um, is the CDC declaration part of this application or is that submitted to the landlord separately? Uh, really great question. Uh, my understanding is the CDC declaration. So, so for those of you who don't know, there is a nationwide moratorium on evictions. 
Um, and the CDC has put out some guidelines in addition to that, a declaration form that if you are a tenant um, and you qualify, and actually it's very similar to the categories we talked about earlier uh, for what makes you qualified for that, but you can fill it out. It's actually kind of newer if you'd filled out one of these before. Uh, it's a checklist now, but uh, you fill that out, you provide that to your landlord, and as long as you qualify under everything that you're signing to, um, then the eviction uh, the physical eviction can't go forward. Unfortunately, the legal stuff is still happening, and that might be on your record. So uh, if you can avoid that, that's great. And participating in this program often solves a lot of those problems. But this, you know, if, if somebody is looking, like if they're facing this legal action right now um, and they need to have that declaration form figured out so they're not being physically removed from their homes, this, I mean, applying for this won't do that. Like it doesn't automatically get them into that CDC declaration, uh, you know, signature area. Yeah, that's a good question. They are separate things. Um, and so that's a separate process um, that has been extended through the uh, June 30th, the eviction moratorium. However, we have had um, tenants that have applied that have been successful with, um, you know, showing the landlord that they're applying for this or, um, you know, bringing something, um, some proof of participation in the program, uh, you know, to show and they're having luck with um, sort of, you know, mitigating that situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And part of the CDC, you know, I, I know if if you're using it um, and you're looking through, like you're you're reading that pretty closely and you'll see part of the uh, requirements there also to try to apply for funding just like this. Um, and, you know, you might as well, like, like if you're in that boat, right, there's, this is the time to really get all that stuff fixed because what you don't want to have happen is you don't want to have the legal process keep going without your participation because it will. And then you'll have something on your record. And at the end of all of this, eventually when, you know, everything's getting back to normal and the moratorium is over and everything else, those cases are still there and you don't want to have, you know, this eviction coming, all this debt when you can apply to a program like this and really get a whole lot of help with that. So this is this is the time if you have been hiding, uh, if you haven't been hiding, but if you have been and you've just been really depressed about everything, this is a really great time to start applying and, and getting the yeah. help that's out there. And I would add, you know, that even though the moratorium is in place, that's not stopping these bills from racking up. Right. Um, you know, at, at the end of the tunnel, there's still going to be those bills. And so this is a great opportunity to take care of that um, as we move forward and, you know, move uh, out of this awful 2020. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So, OK, well, this was this was really great. Um I'm going to put up, hold up, let me get that screen back up with all the contact information for SAFER. So mohousingresources.com, go to that website. It's got like basically everything there. Uh, and then the email is mo, so like Missouri, but short, mo.safer, and that's S-A-F-H-R at mhdc.com. And then the phone number is 888-471-1029. Closing thoughts, Jetty. I would just say, um, you know, thanks for having us today. Please oh, yeah. spread the word. You can find us on social media. Um, we're hoping, like I said, everybody that is eligible for this program uh, to apply to this program. 
Um, please be patient with us. We are working um, very hard to make this um, run as smoothly as we can, and we're happy to be there to help in any way that we can. Um, we've just all got to work together, landlords, tenants, and um, administrators. So um, yeah, please, please reach out, please apply. Um, and, you know, don't let, don't let the overwhelming um, requirements and documents that you need to upload stop you. Um, if you just take your time one thing at a time, um, you can get it all in there. Yeah, no, that's uh, very helpful. Thank you for, for doing this. Thank you for coming on and, and talking to folks about this and presenting. Um, and they can reach you at all of those uh, those spots that we talked about earlier. So go to the website, everybody apply for this thing. If you need any help, reach out. Heck, you can put a comment wherever you are. I, I see those and can get you to the right spot too. Um, but this has been super helpful. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thanks for coming on. Yes. No, thank you so much. Really yeah. appreciate it. You can tune into our programs live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, or at aladgross.live. You can also submit questions and see all of our previous programs. If you'd like to get more involved in our government, visit takebackmissouri.org and sign up to volunteer. Until next time, this is Alad Gross, and thanks for listening to the Alad Pod.